Hello and welcome to the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly for September 16th, 2019. My name is Scott, I go by Tanute Online, and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. Every week we have this community meeting on our the Adafruit Discord channel. Uh, everybody is welcome to attend, so if you are interested in that, uh, you can go to the URL adafru.it slash discord. You may say, oh, well, what is CircuitPython? Well, CircuitPython makes it easy for beginners and everyone else to program microcontrollers, which are little tiny computers. Um, we've been going for about three years now, which is super exciting. And uh, we have this meeting at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific on Mondays. Everybody is welcome to join. Uh, we like to hear what everyone is working on related to CircuitPython and not CircuitPython. Uh, so to join, uh, go to the URL I just said. Um, and yeah, this meeting happens once a week on Mondays. If it is, if it's a U.S. holiday on Monday, we'll tend to either cancel the meeting or push it back a different day. Uh, and if we do that, we put that in the CircuitPython text channel on our Discord. Uh, if you, uh, wow, can you tell I was up till like 2 a.m. last night? <laughs> uh this meeting is run in five parts. Uh, we first start off with community news, where we go over the uh, the highest level of what's going on the, in the community that we've seen. We follow that up with a, the state of CircuitPython and the libraries, which is a statistics view of how the project is going. So how many people are involved and, and what sort of activity is happening. It kind of is meant to ground us in, in reality. Uh, after that, we have Hug Reports, which is a chance for us to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing within our community. Uh, we'll do that as a round robin, uh, where I will start and we'll go through the list of all the folks in the uh, voice chat. Uh, if you are text only, let us know. Basically, we won't wait for you to speak up over the mic. Uh, and if you are just listening, let us know uh, that you're lurking and we'll mark you as such as well. And we'll just skip over that. Um, if you are unable to make, make the meeting, you're still welcome to drop uh, hug reports and status updates in the note stock that we send out earlier, and we'll read those off even if you don't make the meeting. Um, so I spoiled a little, little bit, but after hug reports, we have uh, status updates, which is a again a round robin where we say, "Oh, um, this is what I was working on in the last week, and this is these are the things I hope to do in the coming week." Uh, it's a good way for us to kind of keep on track of what who's doing what and give tips or tricks to each other about uh, the work that we're doing. And then lastly, we have In the Weeds, which is a section for us to have any longer form discussions or debates about uh, things, questions that people have or different uh, choices that we need to make as a community. Um, this meeting is recorded. So I'm recording both the video of this the CircuitPython text channel and the audio from the voice chat uh, that will be posted on the Adafruit YouTube, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit. And it will go on, uh, uh, what's it called? Wow, my brain. Uh, yeah, so check check uh, YouTube for that. Uh, diode Zone. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, yes, Diode Zone. I put those up there as well. It's a YouTube alternative if you want to try something else out like that. Uh, and it's under my account on Diode Zone. Um, that's diode.zone if you're looking for it. Um, yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> this is gonna be a, a fun, a fun ride. Uh, 
we'll get into what I was doing late last night, uh, a little bit later in my status update. Uh, but for now, let's, I will take a time code uh, that goes in the notes so that you can see uh, where in the video we talked about certain things and hand it off to Phil for commun community news. All right, thank you, Scott. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay, first up, speaking of Scott, um, Hansel Minutes Technology Podcast, Learning CircuitPython with Scott is post up. Um, Scott Hanselman is one of my favorite podcasters. He's been doing this like as long as I have. And uh, he visited recently. And one of the first questions I said is like, how, you know, what do you, how do you keep doing this? And uh, it, we talked about that. Um, and basically, we don't really know anything else to do. So, that, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that, that's the main reason. But it's an excellent interview with Scott. And it's up on, uh, we post it on our blog. And it's also in the newsletter. Um, congratulations to everybody here. We are now up to 14,028 humans. Yay. So uh, I think the July of two, yeah July 2019 we hit 13,000 and now we're up to 14,000. So thank you everyone for making this really fun great community. Um, it keeps attracting lots of folks that want to uh, have young people, uh, developers, and get together and share projects. So thanks for that. Next up. Call for proposals for PyCon 2020. It's in Pennsylvania. We'll probably be doing something again. Uh, if you want to do a talk there, especially about hardware, they're looking for folks. Go and check that out. We have some circuitpython.org updates. Um, we are no longer putting the uh, previous libraries up there, the two and three. You can always get them on GitHub, but the most recent ones are there. So uh, have those. And then also today, we'll probably have um, a couple more updates on circuitpython.org slash downloads. Maker Melissa is working on those. And my favorite headline to write, CircuitPython snakes its way to the SMT, uh, S, sorry, ST. Mm -hmm. I must have not gotten a lot of sleep either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's contagious uh, to the STM32. And uh, we'll have some of those boards listed up there shortly as well. Um, Carlos posted up a bunch of um, Python on hardware community showcase photos mm. on Twitter. We included that in our newsletter. Check those out. That's from PyCon UK. We were uh, keeping track of that on Twitter and retweeting. And we also had that in our newsletter. And then um, there's a Circuit Python book coming out in Japan, the pinout um, inserts are done. And then also the author made this really cool video that shows you all the things that are in the book. We'll have it in our store. And eventually if there's translations, we'll stock it. We'll stock it either way. That is out or will be out soon. And then as always, if there's anything to add, um, we have a little bit of time before the newsletter goes out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You can also at us anytime. You can also uh, email us. You can let us know in the notes. Uh, there's a million different ways. If there's any Python on hardware news, in particular projects you're working on and more, let us know. And that is the community news. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Scott. Okay, let's go on to the state of CircuitPython. Uh, this is a statistical overview of the health of the project. Uh, first and foremost, overall, um, we had 13 pull requests merged by six or nine authors, uh, six reviewers. Uh, all of those authors look familiar to me, so uh, no particular shout-outs, but thank you again to all nine authors. We also had six reviewers, which is really cool. Um, that number's growing, which is always good. Uh, Issues-wise, we had 11 closed issues by seven people and 12 opened by nine people. So we're net up one, but, you know, that's pretty good. Uh, not gaining a whole lot. Um, and then overall... Uh, 
let me think. We just released 5.0 Alpha 4. We did Alpha 3 as well, but there was one kind of tooling change between 3 and 4, so I recommend 4. Uh, we actually managed to release almost all of the assets on Alpha 4, so take a look at that. Um, and I should remember what Alpha 3 and 4 included, but my mind is still asleep, apparently. Uh, 4X is going well. Um, we may do a bug release just because we've had a couple boards and a couple bug fixes. But um, it, And so if you think that's urgent, let me know. But uh, I don't think it's that urgent. Um, but yeah, we're just heads down on 5.0 work, uh, BLE work in particular. And, and we should see a lot of cool things come from that uh, soon. So let's talk about the core. Uh, the core is uh, just the C code that runs uh, CircuitPython stuff. Uh, we split this out from overall, which includes libraries. And we'll go into libraries in just a second. Uh, but for the core, we had six pull requests merged from four different authors. And uh, we had four reviewers as well. Um, so thank you to all those folks. We have 13 open pull requests. Uh, so if you're interested in helping out with the core, a great way is to just try um the pull request versions of stuff and in fact with our switch to github ci I, people may not realize this but we actually you're actually able to if you go into a pull request click uh go into a pull request click the latest uh like red x or green check mark for the the latest commit and you can actually download like the uf2 files from that build so to test a PR, you don't actually need to set it up or like download it to your local machine and build it yourself. You can just grab the assets from there. Um, so that's really handy if you, if you just want to try stuff. So pro tip. Um, issues wise, we had three closed issues by two people and 10 open to by eight people. Uh, that's pretty dramatic. And it seems like uh, we have some work to do there. Uh, if I skip down a little bit, we have six issues not assigned to milestone. So those are the ones that uh, are likely new and the ones that we should take a look at. Um, and total, we have 185 open issues. So there's a link in the notes doc to all of those. Uh, Downloads-wise, we have 410 as our latest stable release, which has been out for a number of weeks. We've had uh, 6,757 total downloads. And our current unstable release that I released yesterday is 5.0 Alpha 4, and we've had zero downloads of that. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not sure when this statistics run actually happened, so it might have been like right after that happened. Uh, but yeah, so that'll change. That'll change over the coming week for sure. Uh, I encourage people to try it. It shouldn't be that unstable, uh, but some of the APIs will be changing, so just keep an eye out for that. We also have download stats by language in the docs, but I will not go over the details of that. And uh, okay, so Anic data is downloaded a, a bunch of times and had no problems. So yep, those those download numbers are a little out of date. So <laughs> we'll see that next week. Okay, uh, let's kick it over to Katni for libraries. Thanks, Scott. Mm -hmm. So on the libraries, and this is across all of the CircuitPython libraries, we had seven pull requests merged by five different authors and four different reviewers. So thanks to everybody who has been contributing to the libraries. We currently have 32 open pull requests, which is about where we've been hovering um, lately. And uh, some of those are 
long term in terms of uh, work in progress sort of things. Others of them are new and others of them just we need to look into it. So there's a list of those in the notes. Um, as for issues, we had eight closed by five people and two open by two people. So we are net down at 143 open issues. And there is a link to circuitpython.org to see a list of the issues, um, which is only updated weekly at the moment, but we are working on fixing that so that we can use it to better track our issues and pull requests. Um, up updated and new libraries in the past seven days, we had one new library and it looks like four updated libraries and those are listed in the notes as well. If you're interested in contributing, um, libraries are a great place to start. You can take a look at any one of these open PRs and if there's something in there that you see or you're, if you're only able to look at syntax and not test it, just put a comment in there and say that you looked at it, it looks good to you, but you didn't test it. Um, even if, uh, if, so even if you can't, you're, you can absolutely still review things. Um, and if you can test it, even better, uh, you can test out any one of these PRs and make a note that you did so. And um, we can, uh, at that point, move forward with it. If you are new to Git and GitHub, we have a guide for that. And we are also available all week in the CircuitPython chat channel on Discord. And we're absolutely happy to help you get through learning how to do that so that you can start contributing to CircuitPython. Um, so check all that out. And if you're interested, let us know. And that's where we are with the libraries. Awesome. Thank you, Katni. Thank you for closing all those issues, <laughs> keeping us overall net neutral. OK. Uh, Hug reports. Uh, this is a section where we have a chance to say thank you to folks for the work that they've been doing uh, in our community. It can vary from community support stuff all the way down to projects that we or blog posts or things like that. So um, take a moment and think about what you're happy to see other people doing and, and thank them for that. Uh, I will start. Uh, we're going to do this as a round robin. I mentioned it earlier, but I'll just reiterate again. Um, I will start and then we'll circle back uh, through the list of folks in the voice channel. Uh, if you are don't want to participate at all, you can say you're lurking. You'll just listen in. Uh, if you are uh, don't have a microphone or don't choose to speak, uh, you're welcome to just say text only and, and either post it in the uh, text channel or in the notes doc and I'll read it off. And then um, if those are the, if if that's not the case, um, and you have a microphone, I'll call on you and you can go and you can predict it. We go in order. So, uh, let's do that. Okay. Uh, wow. All right. So for me, first and foremost, uh, thank you to Jeff Epler for helping merge PRs. Uh, just gave him, uh, merge access and already have been merging one thing. So that's awesome. So thank you for doing that. Um, as you know, like reviewing can be a bottleneck, so really happy to see Jeff stepping up for that. Uh, thank you to Drew Fustini. I uh, saw a note from him about talking with some of the Linux kernel devs about their GPIO library interfaces and things that Blinko uses. So it was really thoughtful of, of Drew to talk about it um, kind of to those folks on our behalf and on Blinko's behalf. So thanks to Drew. Uh, thank you to Mikey, Sedacious, and Carter for forum answers. Was going checking it yesterday, and everything seemed to have been dealt with. So that was really, or responded to. That was really uh, nice to see. Uh, 
Um, thank you to Jerry Carter, Mr. Certainly, and Andon for some Discord modding. I've been doing less and less of that, and it helps to see uh, folks like those four and, and others um, having discussions and keeping an eye on things. So I really appreciate that. Um, Lady Ada, just huge shout out uh, to her in general, but uh, she's really good at testing stuff and finding things that break and kind of just giving like closing the loop on oh i did this thing let's and then validating that both what that thing does and other things still work so that's really really handy to have that that closed loop from her and then lastly uh shout out to dan who's not in the meeting uh because he's on vacation uh but he's in vacation here in seattle with me and got to spend all friday afternoon hanging out with him and his family and that was really good and we did get some time to brainstorm like the future of circuit python and, and what he's interested in stuff too so uh all good things uh it's going to be really cool to just continue to see circuit python grow as a community and as a project uh, and see all the different places and all the different things that people do with it so uh thank you to everybody let's circle around and anecdata is text only i believe is that right so Anecdata says, uh, huge group hug. I'm continually impressed with this community. Always learning, always pressing forward, keeping it positive. There's so much talent in this community. So thank you, Anecdata. Let's go to Brent. Hello. Um, one to Hyrofec for their work on the STM port. <laughs> I haven't used it yet, but I'm really excited to. Uh, Scott, for his podcast appearance, I was walking to class on Thursday and I saw it pop into my feed. I'm like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. I'll listen to this on my way. And then uh, Lapo Lucini on GitHub for their web-based ASN.1 decoder. Hmm. It's uh, helping me get through some code that I'm working on. And visual structure decoders are really nice, and especially web-based ones. Hmm. Yeah, have you seen Kaitai Struct? I haven't. Yeah, I recommend it. I think that's similar to what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about gonna go google it do it do it all right all right thanks brent thanks brent oh that's don echoing back don can you mute please can you mute that works no in discord on the bottom left next to your name there's a microphone icon If you click that, it'll mute like that. All right, I muted you temporarily on my side. Okay, um, C Grover says group hug to the team and community this week. Amazing progress. Awesome, thank you, C Grover. Okay, let's unmute Don K and see if he's got it settled up. No, I'm just lurking here, but I'm trying to turn off my mic. Okay, well, I okay, well, I heard you say that, I which is cool. Go ahead and mute me for now. I'm just going to be lurking for the day. All right, thanks for joining. Thanks for... Okay. All right, Don's lurking. And let's go to higher effect. Can you hear me? Yep. I'm having the mic today. Okay. So today I am, or uh, a big thanks to 
um, Lady Ada for testing uh, last week and for Scott for checking them out and uh, and, uh, merging some of them. So, um, yeah, hope that makes more progress on this week. Awesome. Thanks, Higher Effects. All right, Jason P. Well, thanks to Dan for the CircuitPython guide. Building CircuitPython guide, I made good use of that last week. Mm. And to Jepler, Tanu, Katni, uh, Sagittac for the build guidance late last week. That was really helpful. So appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to see figure out why the transparency stuff's not working. Two. Hope to help you with that. Okay. Thanks, Jason. Let's go to Jeff. Epler. Good afternoon. I just want to thank everybody uh, reviewing pull requests and helping out on issues. Hug, the hug reports to all of you. I wanted to thank Katni for help when we worked together on the simple I.O. and NRF PWM bug, which uh, kind of ended up being a bug in two parts, one in each uh, in core and one in simple I.O. And also, uh, thanks, Katni, for using me as a sounding board when you were figuring out that stuff with the mask and the pinout. Uh, thanks to Tanut and Lady Ada for suggesting improvements on my PRs, particularly that simple IO PR, which I know took a couple of tries before it was done. Uh, thanks to Scott for entrusting me with the ability to merge PRs in the core. And uh, thanks to Phil for a little Japan travel advice. <laughs> nice. All right, Katni. Hello. So I have uh, a couple of hugs for Jeff for helping me work through finding a a library bug and two bugs in the core, um, which uh, he mentioned. And also um, a hug for merging my PR to the core for a bug fix to the board files for the monster mask. Um, And thanks for helping me test that as well. I want to thank John Park for talking through, um, giving me a sanity check basically on an issue with the Circuit Playground Bluefruit, I was testing all of the Circuit Playground Express guide um, code, and the potentiometer code was returning incorrect numbers. And I, of course, assumed it was you know something I was doing, um, but talked through it with him. He didn't actually have one to test, but it became clear that it, something was going on with the hardware, and we did figure out it's actually, uh, thanks to Lady Ada, um, figured out that it, it's a CircuitPython issue. Hmm. Um, and then also, uh, finally, a hug to Carter for testing an example that I was missing hardware for. I uh, thought that I ordered everything, but there was one tiny example that used a continuous rotation servo that snuck past me, and so I mm-hmm. didn't have one. Um, and he tested that for me so that I could continue on my journey through that guide. So thank mm-hmm. you very much for that. Nice. All right, Maker Melissa. Hello. Okay. Um, first, a uh, hug to uh, Nicholas Tolervain for helping me with a bunch of the circuit questions. Uh, one for uh, uh, Stephen Warren for all your help with the Jets and Nano issues, mm-hmm. and just a general group hug. Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. All right. Yeah. Mr. Certainly is lurking, and but Summersoft is not in the meeting, but says a group hug to everyone. All right. And with that, that's hug reports.
status updates. Uh, we do status updates as a round robin, just like we did with hug reports. Uh, gives everybody a chance to speak, which I like. Um, and this time we're talking about uh, a, a brief, like, couple minutes about what you've been working on and what you plan on working in the coming week. Uh, it's really good to just for us to keep track of um, what everyone's doing and uh, possibly give tips or tricks on the things that people are trying to achieve. So uh, let's do that. And I forgot to take a time code at the start. That's okay. Uh, me, <laughs> I totally didn't even finish my notes. Um, okay, so um, last week I, I'm deep in the Bealey weeds um, and there's kind of like two types of weeds, <laughs> I guess. Uh, one is uh, exactly what the Adafruit BLE library will look like. I want to make it more, my goal is to make it more declarative in the same way that like uh, Adafruit register causes drivers to be more declarative. So I'm, I've been playing and I did some revisions of that and I will, I'll, I will put a, a link or if people want a link to my repo there, you can check it out. If you look in my fork of Adafruit BLE, I think I pushed what I had changed. Um, so if you want to take a look at that, that would be cool. It's not completely done. Like some of the examples that Dan has done in the BLE library, I haven't re-implemented yet. So I still have to like get, I, I've got, I've got to finish the rest of that. So I'm in those weeds. The other weeds that I'm in is uh, the reason I was refining that BLE uh, library is because I was starting to experiment with what the interface is for basically loading the code.py file off of the device and then writing it back. And so I I got it to the point where I could like use the Nordic Connect app to just trigger it, sending me back all the data. Um, and I wanted to figure out like how reliable that was. Uh, so... I was starting on the mobile app side and I wanted to use React Native because uh, I found this really cool library called PyWrite that does uh, Python source code analysis. So given a Python file, it like parses it, structures it, figures out all the types that it can, which is super neat and potentially really powerful for use on a, on a touch device. Um, so I was up late last night. This is why my brain is not not all there. Um, but I was up last night, uh, kind of getting myself over this giant hump that I had with how React Native does stuff. Um, but late last night, I got it so that I started the app up, it would connect to the circuit playground blue fruit, and then get all of the data back from the device and show it on the screen, just showing the source code, uh, which was a huge hurdle because you have to like, scan to find all the devices and then connect to the device. So that was really cool. And I have an idea of, of kind of how I want to structure the app as well. So uh, that's what I'm doing this week is I, I need to, I, I need to do email and PRs today and, and newsletter stuff. So not sure how much time I'll have, but then I'm, my goal is to go heads down again and um, really get it to the point where we're doing the full kind of life cycle journey of, load the code.py on your on, on, into like a iOS app. You can just text edit it and and it will save kind of auto save back to the device based on a timer just like auto reload works. Um, and then it'll rerun. So that is is what I'm working towards trying to get like a minimum like full integration like vertical slice working with that. 
Um, and then we'll we'll go from there in terms of where exactly I work. Uh, but it's super exciting. I think I think um, it's people are gonna really like working with their code uh, over like wirelessly like that. So very excited about it. Um, and uh, I guess I should say since I am planning on going heads down, if there's anything urgent that needs my attention, please like at mention me. Um, and it's it's called Pyrite. P-Y-R-I-G-H-T. I think it's it's in Microsoft repo. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So just if you if you need some if something needs my attention, please let me know. Um, if you have PRs, my general pace is to do them in the morning. Um, so if if it's not done by noon or one o'clock. Pacific time. If if you have a PR that needs my feedback and I haven't given that to you, uh, then you have the, and I've had twenty four hours, a twenty four hour window to do it. Please ping me in, and say like, hey, I'm blocked on this. So, that's the deal, and let's circle around. I think that, yeah, anecdata is lurking, so we'll go to Brent. Hello. The last week, um, I spent working on uh, a crypto chip library um, form support. Uh, miscellaneous IoT stuff. Um, I have most commands uh, implemented on the chip. Um, working on a CSR, which is their certificate signing request demo. Um, it passes most of its validity tests, except for the signature. And I've been kind of narrowing that down today to try to figure out why it's not building that. Um, I feel it's something silly that I'm missing, but I'm not sure because I've looked at a lot of the silly and the more complicated things. Hmm. Um, and then I also chatted with an Azure dev about first five minutes, um, because I listened to Scott's podcast where he mentioned that, and it brought mm-hmm. it to the front of my brain, um, applied to how we do IOT projects with CircuitPython and where bottlenecks are on starting people with, um, IOT projects and getting their, uh, hardware talking to the internet. Mm-hmm. And maybe in the future we'll do, um, a CircuitPython, uh, Azure IOT module with the ATEC module and mini MQTT and make it really quick. And right. the main bottleneck is actually from the service, not from the hardware, which is really nice. It used to be from the hardware, but uh, he <laughs> seemed excited that we could do a lot of the things that they previously do on their service, but on the hardware instead. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you uh, were inspired by that. I haven't actually gone back and listened to it, so... Uh, hopefully it went well. <laughs> okay, uh, Carter's lurking, so we'll go with C. Grover. C. Grover says, Nothing major to report CircuitPython-wise. Been heads down in the studio tracking some new songs. Trying to wrap up the album this week, working out the duplicating, packaging, and licensing challenges. Um, separately, my AD9833 Precision Waveform gener- Generator Featherwing with CircuitPython drivers generated some interest. Uh, to support a low-power version of the AD9833 that he had on hand, a maker customized the PCB and ordered some Oshpark boards. Uh, seeing his different perspective gave me some useful ideas. Uh, hurrah for open source. And, oh, and used my SMD microscope to tune harmonics. Interesting. Awesome. Well, thanks, Seagrover. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to Hyrefect. Um, 
So this week I'm mostly fixing bugs uh, that popped up last week during um, the analog I.O. and kind of and revamping stuff for STM32. So get reduce or get resolved without too much trouble. Uh, after which I'll be moving on to more module support uh, with Plus IO and SPI and uh, SPI Flash and, and all the other stuff. But um, for now, just working through the the issues that we run into. All right. Thank you, Hyrefax. All right. Let's go to Jason. Uh, I was spent a couple days last week just, like I said earlier, learning the build process for CircuitPython, something I hadn't done. So just kind of doing that and coming up with a UF2 that actually worked was success. Yeah. That's cool. And then um, working on this make transparent, make opaque bug. So that involves me trying to understand how all that low-level code is connected and all works, and I'm still in that process. So uh, doing that as I have time. So... You know, if anybody understands that really well, Scott, I'm sure you do. There may mm -hmm. be others. Um, I'm not in any hurry, so this is not gating anything. I actually have a workaround for this mm -hmm. on the project where I discovered it that I'm just doing things differently on the CircuitPython side. But I think it would be interesting to solve this problem. But like I said, it's not gating anything. Right. So kind of as I have time. But it's it's interesting to be learning how all that stuff works together at the low level. Yeah, and if, you, if you'd like to like chat separately for like an hour about it, I'm happy to do that too. Uh, that, just... that would be excellent. I would love that. Yeah. So when you have when you have some time after you get through this next hurdle or this next sort of hump that you've got, just let me know. Well, that's dangerous because I'm always thinking about something. Yeah, right. Um, okay. I would say I would say like if there, if there's a time that's good for you this week, let me know and and I'll likely be able to make it work. Sounds great. Thank you. Cool. All right. Thanks, Jason. Let's go to Jeff Epler. Hi again. Uh, last week, we got a couple of uh, PRs of mine. So there's now I2S audio out. It should work on all NRF boards, although I only tested it with the um, Particle Xenon because that's the bug that or the board that I have set up to work with. Uh, there was also a bug with PWM pin reuse that Katni brought to me. Um, and the thing about that was I realized that I saw that the first day I started working on NRF uh, PWM audio out, wrote it down as an issue to file, and then never did. So mm -hmm. I'm glad somebody else found it. Um, we worked on simple I.O. Um, and then a kind of off-topic thing I've been doing is a way to mirror the console and the REPL to a UART. This is in a form that, is, that works. It's in a PR, but it's not at all ready to merge. And Scott, you and I talked about some of the things that we would want before it was mergeable. And thanks right. for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I did... Uh, PR to improve audio stuttering by putting background tasks in disk IO and print. Uh, I improved the developer experience when building with debug equals one. And uh, just yesterday, I looked into the SAMD51 dashes again. I have a revised PR. It's much better. The remaining problem is when you have uh, audio out and it's rapidly changing full scale, then some of the values are glitched. And it's hmm. very much data dependent. And I it has to be a hardware bug uh, <laughs> at this point. But but uh, there are a couple of workarounds that we might still be able to institute in CircuitPython if we care about it. It only affects uh, synthetic waveforms, like going from 0 to 65,535 <laughs> counts and back again over and over again. Right. Uh, so anyway, this week, 
I've got very limited time. Uh, at my day job, we're having a user conference this week. So that totally eats Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the evenings. Um, and then after that, I'll be in Japan for three weeks, taking much needed vacation. So Yay. I'll miss like four weekly meetings. But before that, uh, I get to try my feather to Commodore 64 user port board tonight on a friend's Commodore 64. And then in the future, when I come back, I've got a couple of quick, quick modules from Spark Fun that don't have drivers that I could find. So that's something to do. Uh, and I'll be thinking about uh, changes to background tasks. And it's kind of a question of, are we targeting 5.0 for improvements of background tasks, or are we targeting 6.0? Because that defines the scope of, are we going to go crazy and bring in an RTOS? That's post 5.0. So that's kind of the decision that you have to make before you decide if you're doing a little to make things incrementally better or you're doing a lot to change everything. And uh, I don't know, Scott, you and I should talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I would say six, just because I don't think we okay. want, I don't think we want to, like, we want to get five out pretty soon. And so, like, All right. doing a lot of rework is probably worth doing in six. I think with six, we should plan on kind of a longer dev cycle and let's, we'll merge, uh, like the latest MicroPython for that as well. Um, okay. But for the BLE stuff, like we're kind of targeting like November, December for, for this, like Circuit Playground Blue Fruit being more readily available. And so it'd be nice to kind of stabilize around that as well. Right. That makes sense. That's kind of what I expected to hear. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, most of the quick module di drivers that folks have done, I've seen end up in the community bundle. So that's the place to take a look too. Uh, for those. All right, I'll look again. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. And enjoy Japan. It's awesome. I've been there. It's cool. Um, all right, Katni. All right. So last week, <clears throat> started and completed the Circuit Playground Bluefruit guide and testing, which involved going through all of the Circuit Playground Express code and making sure it ran on the Circuit Playground Bluefruit because it should just work the same way. Uh, naturally, it did not in a number of cases. Um, we found a bug in the pinouts. Uh, one of the pins was assigned the same pin as another pin. Um, and also there was a uh, pin alias that didn't exist um, that was in there that doesn't exist on the board. So mm. we got that all fixed up um, after a lot of uh, banging my head against why it was working correctly in one way and not in another way. And then um, found a bug in uh, PWM and also in simple IO that sort of uh, worked together. To, to fail and also uh, an issue with the um, analog reference is I believe what it's called in yep. CircuitPython that tells um, CircuitPython the maximum voltage allowed in um, in uh, like from, from an analog input um, which should be 3.3 but right now it's it's uh, peaking at 3.0. So uh, HID mouse doesn't work because it expects 3.29 maximum mm. uh, and it's not receiving that. So the mouse example doesn't quite work. So we either um, are going to update the core to resolve that issue, which would be the most ideal solution, uh, or we need to do some commented out lines in the demo to drop the max mm -hmm. um, and make the code work. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then once that was all done or as done as it could be, 
um, I did the pinouts page for the monster mask guide um, and found a bug in the board def for that as well. And also uh, touch.io was not enabled um, in the build and there's a capacitive touchpad on the board. So I uh, worked with Jeff on that. Thank you very much for all your help there, including a very fast um, test build, uh, mm -hmm. which I was able to load on the board and immediately had cap touch on the um, on the touchpad. And also there was two pins that were or two um, connectors that were assigned to the wrong pins. And so we fixed those two and those both, both those connectors work successfully now. So that, uh, I put in a PR for that and that's been merged. Um, I did not expect to find a bug doing the pinouts page, but Hey, <laughs> I was on a bug hunt last week, I guess. Cause I also found a bug in the learn system itself, uh, while working with it. So uh, bug week last week, hopefully not this week, but turns out I'm doing the Halloween M4 guide this week, and that involves going through the Halloween M0 guide and testing all the code. <laughs> so probably going to be another bug week. Um, today is Library Monday. I know for a fact there's at least one library that needs to be released that hasn't been. There are probably more. And so we need to go through that and um, make sure that we're up, as up to date as we can be. Um, and so that's what I will try to do today. And then after I do the Halloween M4 guide, which is next on my list, uh, I will be doing, um, I'll be adding to the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit guide uh, Bluetooth examples because we mirrored everything that made sense from the Circuit Playground Express guide, but there is obviously more features crammed into the Circuit Playground Blue Fruit with our Bluetooth. Um, capabilities. So we're going to add three different Bluetooth examples, which will also be good because it means that we're testing the Adafruit CircuitPython BLE library. Um, and uh, though discussion um, says that the API is going to change a bit, we're going to keep the pages, the, the learn pages themselves as vague as possible. And um, that'll allow for the examples to easily be updated and not require a lot of documentation changes as the API evolves. So uh, we will be doing a color picker, a Bluetooth keyboard, and um, using the Bluefruit Connect app uh, plotter capability to plot uh, the light sensing and temperature from the Circuit Playground Bluefruit. We're starting with color picker because that one should be the easiest, um, and then going through the rest. And we'll be adding um, single pages to the guide, um, the overall guide for those. And uh, other than that, that is what I've got going on this week so far. Nice. Thank you, Katni. Oh, and if anybody has something they're not sure if they should ping Scott with, <laughs> uh, feel free to ping me. Um, it may be something I can deal with, and then we can leave Scott heads down. Um, and if it's not, I can definitely tell you that it's it's Scott worthy. Yeah. Um, so feel free to ping me with any questions as well. I will be around all week and um, can absolutely uh, do my best to answer any questions so that we can try and avoid um, pulling you out of your, your headspace. Cool. So anyway, yeah, that's thank it. You. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to Maker Melissa. Hello, okay. So uh, last week I finished up the, the Blinka Jetson Nano guide. Um, I worked on fixing a bug with the Neo Trellis and Seesaw. 
I fixed some um, other miscellaneous blanket issues, and I I split out the ST7735 Arduino examples for several of the boards, like the Halloween M4 and the, um, a couple of other boards. Mm-hmm. And um, I started working on a circuit guide, and I updated the SNCC board images on circuitpython.org. Uh, this week I'll be finishing up that circuit guide, and I'll add a few. I'm adding a few of the circuitpython.org boards uh, that were missing, and that should be done uh, here shortly. I'll fix and update a few more of the issues and guides, and I am going to start working on the SSD thirteen oh five display I/O drivers. Did I think Sedacious might have done the thirteen oh five display driver? Okay, I had a to do on that, so I'll I'll take a look at that. Yeah, I saw the repo be created, um, and I think okay, I'll talk with him. Yeah, yeah, I think he just basically copied the thirteen oh six and did that. Um, one thing, okay, we, cool. Melissa. One thing we could start talking about, and we'll have to run this by Lamore, is actually doing a Blinka display I/O. Um, oh yeah i know i was kind of waiting for things to settle down but i uh carter created a ticket for that i think okay yeah i think i think we're near the like i've basically stopped working on it so i think it's probably a good time to do it Um, okay there's one bug i have to fix or a couple bugs i have to fix but that won't change the api okay yeah yeah we'll talk we can talk a little more about that okay okay cool thanks thanks melissa yeah. Okay. Forty-five, forty-one. Uh, I'm gonna read Summersoft, and then we'll go to Deshipu. Um, she, uh, XI, if you wanna have hug reports or status updates, uh, just type in the Circuit Python text chat, and I'll call you after Deshipu. Uh, but for now, let's do Summersoft. Summersoft said two weeks ago. Uh, on Adabot, started working on days open metrics for, for library issues and PRs. Uh, started working on library infrastructure check to standardize labels available, like good first issue and bug, etc. And also started working on circuitpython.org slash libraries updater to upload uh, AWS S3 via submitting a, versus submitting a PR. Uh, and also did a little troubleshooting on CircuitPython build tools bundle issues for the community bundle. Last week, I uh, spent most of the week blowing my nose and sleeping between day job and dad taxi. Uh, thank you, flu-like illness. <laughs> Aww. Uh, and this week, uh, finish up Adabot work in progress, try a few ideas I had with the community bundle. So thank you, Summersoft. And let's go to Deshipu. Okay, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. So uh, this weekend, I went to a hackathon organized by IBM uh, on uh, quantum computing. And uh, we had, uh, I brought some of the computer devices with me. Mm. And we had a, a team of four people together with me. So three brilliant physicists and, and me. <laughs> and we worked on, on uh, implementing a game that could be used for to teach about uh, quantum gates, basically, hmm. quantum computing. Uh, it's a nine-dimensional Rubik's Cube uh, wow. done with quantum gates. Yeah, it's a bit uh, difficult to... Well, I mean, 
difficult to start, but once you figure out what each operation does, each of the nine rotations that you can do, uh, it kind of starts to make sense. So, so that's a fun little game. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically all I've been up to. I'm going to have an, another version of the PewPew M4 uh, device uh, probably next week, but I'm okay. still waiting for the PCBs. All right. That's it. Cool. Thank you. All right. And that is status updates. Uh, now we're going to go in the weeds. In the weeds is a section where we uh, kind of talk about longer form stuff. Uh, can vary from community stuff to detailed uh, technical questions and things. Uh, basically, if you have any th topics you'd like to cover, um, please drop them in the notes doc under this section, or as Carter just did, uh, put it in the CircuitPython text channel and we'll snag it and we'll go in order of things there. So, um, thank you. Let's get going. Uh, first, I'll kick it over to Jason P for his topic. And this is just more of an idea, but I don't know if it might resonate with some folks. I see a lot of stuff happening here on the audio side, and I was at a, a gathering last Monday night of musicians, hmm. and I got to thinking about the Pi Badge, and I thought, well, I'm not a gamer, so the Pi Badge is cool, but I'm not interested in gaming. So, right. um, But I'm interested in music, and I just thought it would be sort of an interesting kind of collaborative type of platform or whether or not you could do something like that that may make no sense for a million reasons but it was just an idea that i i had sitting there like looking at the sort of hangout community time right if it would be another way for people to engage with technology but also something kind of cool hey here's how you could go do this for yourself or modify it or kind of introduce people to how they could use some of these platforms right again thinking of these things as tools for musicians to use they may not be coders or whatever but right. they could start learning this stuff because it's in an area that they're interested in. So I, I have no recommendations on next <laughs> steps here specifically. I just wanted to share it in case, like I said, it resonated with anyone. Yeah, I think kind of my brain goes two places. One is I kind of like what C. Grover is talking about is that like there's there's this uh, mod tracker for, for Game Boy called Little Sound DJ, LSDJ. And I could imagine somebody re-implementing that in Python and then using it on a Pi badge to do sequencing or um, mod tracking. That would be super cool. And you could do it like either through MIDI output or through the actual like a uh, audio output on the Pi badge. Um, that's the first thing I thought of. And then the other thing I thought of is the Neo Trellis and just whether that's what you're thinking of, like something that's like four by eight buttons and and is meant to produce audio and things so it, yeah yeah i mean certainly from a from an user interface standpoint that's probably more appropriate i just like the idea of the badge i think it's an interesting right um you know people come up and see it they can interact with it right it's, it's just unique and i thought that would be cool to be able to do something similar yeah i wonder Those if are good ideas wonder right? if you want like a tr i guess you could potentially do something more like a um teenage engineering pocket operator where you have a screen at the top and then just a grid of buttons below um but yeah yeah we're thinking about yeah thanks any other ideas from folks all right let's go on to carter 
Okay, chipmunk check. You're good. Woo! Um, so, on my journey with debugging, mm -hmm. I kind of went to a, uh, a setup that kind of made me scratch my head. So, I'm curious about this. So, like, for example, your basic CircuitPython board, you know, it's got the UF2 bootloader. Right. And it's got the CircuitPython firmware. Mm -hmm. So, if you're sitting down with a, a J-Link or something, you're tied in, and you're debugging, say, the CircuitPython firmware, what do you, what do, you do about the, the bootloader that's sitting there also? How do you kind of deal with those two different separate software aspects? Or do you even have to? Uh, in general, I don't think you need to. Because when when you restart with the debugger, it basically runs through the bootloader. And if you happened to stop in the bootloader, it just wouldn't be able to tell you any information. Um, but once it's through the bootloader, you're in firmware land and it knows about... Uh, that area of what you're doing so you don't need to do anything special when you start up gdb to let it know there's an offset or anything like that no that's that's contained in the elf file that you're that you've loaded it with yeah okay that's what i figured so you you just basically the bootloader you're not debugging the bootloader so you just let it rip right through it right and then yeah. you land in firmware land yeah, you and it's business as usual. You just need to make sure that if your build assumes there's a bootloader, you need to make sure there is a bootloader on it. <laughs> uh, like, you actually do need a bootloader. Like, if you have a fresh chip and you load something, but you forget to load the bootloader, like, you oh, won't, sure, you sure. won't yeah, get right. You won't get <laughs> And that'll be obvious, because you won't, you, won't um, you know, if you just try it normally, you won't see right. the UF2 bootloader. Or you even won't get the firmware. <laughs> yeah. But you can also do the opposite. You can actually debug the bootloader in the same way where you load the, when you start up, you say, I want the the bootloader elf file using the same process. And then- Right, right. It, and that's that's more like what I'd be used to. I mean, that to me, that's just like, here's the one, I mean, the bootloader is yet more firmware. It just sits right. at zero. Yep. So you basically would switch to a different elf file or something. Right, right. It's. If you want to be able to get symbols and stuff for both at the same time, I don't remember if I figured that out, uh, but it's a bit trickier. But yeah, generally, yeah, well, generally was, I'm working on one or the other. Question. I'm not. I'm not sure I'm ready to do that yet. I was just curious if um, all I care about at this point is the firmware. So yeah. I was just wondering if there were any gotchas or need tos for setting up GDB, setting breakpoints or anything like that, taking into account the offset. No. But it sounds like it's got that info in the L file, yep. and it kind of just cruises right along. Yes. Yeah. And then a couple pro tips if you're getting started and you're actually debugging a crash is it's nice to break on reset into safe mode. Um, if you're crashing and if if you're trying to, like, if CircuitPython actually kicks back into, into safe mode uh for a bug you're trying to debug like you can set a breakpoint on reset into safe mode and that's really handy oh yeah gotcha uh, yeah and i've used that before but in this case the firmware isn't actually circuit python i just using that okay. as kind of a, an example well the other thing then that brings me to the other point of if you haven't if you're working on like a new port and you haven't done it you can break on hard uh hard fault handler um which is the handler that's that gets called if you like dereference a null pointer or um divide by zero um that it, that can be really handy um is the hard fault handler so okay no. cool thanks thanks carter 
And I haven't seen any other in the weeds. So let's wrap it up. So this has been the CircuitPython weekly meeting for September 16th. Uh, we do this every week on Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Adafruit Discord server, which you can join anytime during the week at the URL adafru.it slash discord. Uh, we're generally in the text CircuitPython text channel all week and uh, the voice channel during the meeting. Uh, of course, everyone is welcome. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, the meeting is recorded, uh, so be aware of that, that your voice and your text messages are being recorded. Um, it is will soon be posted on youtube.com slash Adafruit along with Diode Zone, and the links to that uh, will, are also included in the Python for Microcontrollers newsletter that goes out Tuesday mornings. Uh, we'd love help with that newsletter if you if you like writing and like finding cool projects with Python. Um, reach out to me. I'd love to, to get you going on that. Um, you could subscribe to that by going to adafruitdaily.com um, and check the Python for microcontrollers box there. Um, that's, I think, it. Um, there was one other thing. Oh, I took notes. So... Well, everybody's taking notes, and we those notes have time codes. So if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, you can check the descriptions of the videos for a link to the notes. So you can skip around if you wanted to, like, re-listen to some part or another of it. So that's it. Thank you, every for everybody, for making it, and we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.